It's the middle with Anthony Weiner on WABC. Taking a step back to look at things with a new perspective. It's the middle with Anthony Weiner. And good afternoon. I'm Anthony Weiner, and thank you for meeting me in the middle an hour every Saturday at two o'clock, when we take some steps away from the hot takes of the far left and the far right. We try to bring some context to the news of the week, or maybe we talk about a subject that doesn't find its way into the middle of the conversation enough. It's so great to have you along. We've got Ryan and Ava on the other side of glass. Kevin running air traffic control. Diego working a few extra minutes today. Talk Radio 77 WABC. There's all kinds of ways you can listen to us. You can listen to us on the radio. You can hear us on WABCRadio.com. And we have a really great app that not only can you listen to the live stream of the radio, but you can also get our mini podcasts. We'll be here till 3 o'clock, and then Curtis Lee will comes in for left versus right. Eric Adams is apparently at the border. And I don't mean Rockaway. I don't mean... The Bronx, he's down in Texas. We're going to talk about that some as well. It's great to have you here with us, 800-848-WABC. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, 800-848-9222. If you want to reach me, at Rep Wiener, R-E-P-W-E-I-N-E-R, on Twitter, and WienerWABC at gmail.com. Great morning. Spent some time with Jordan. Jordan had a hockey game over where he plays, over at Chelsea Piers. He plays in what's called U12, which is 12 and under, but he's very young. He just turned 11, as you know, but they do it strictly by age. And so he's one of the younger players, and it's a fairly young team, and I say that as set up. They're not, they're not, they don't have a great record. They've won one game. I think they've lost seven. They lost today. They played Dix Hills. Congratulations to the Dix Hills team, if any of you are listening up there in Dix Hills. And uh, the game wasn't close. I think it was 9-1. to one. I really want to... I want to commend the coaching staff of the Dix Hills team. The, the, with about, I'm going to say about six minutes left in the game, the game was already out of hand. Uh, Jordan's team, the Cyclones, called the timeout, kind of regroup. game was already out of hand. And it was clear after that timeout that the coaches had said to their team, basically let up a little bit, you know. And, and you know, so they stopped aggressively attacking the net. They started dumping the puck in a little more. You know, when you are an 11-year-old kid or a 12-year-old kid, you're learning a lot more than just hockey when you're getting coached by a, by a coach. And one of them is it's sportsmanship, and that was nice to see. Jordan is not one of the better players on the team, but he loves it. Had a couple of shots on goal. No goals yet. Is playing a lot better, and I'm really proud of him. And it was a, a, a fun morning. Cold as the devil there in the rink. This was a, a – maybe, it, maybe it's always crazy – but this seemed like a particularly crazy week in the news. We had some more George Santos, and I don't want to talk much about him, but the mess gets deeper and deeper with him. You know, they have a saying in recovery, my program of recovery, and that's probably not just us who say it. They say that when you're in a hole, the first thing you do is stop digging. And 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 I have been you've heard me on the radio, I get I get a lot of a lot of pushback about this, but I've kind of been I've been gentle with him to some degree. But he's making it harder, and one of the reasons is I know it's like to be in one of these maelstroms. I sense that this guy has problems that are more serious than just what's on the surface, and so I have not been hammering him. Um, but he make he's making it harder and harder. I mean, he throws up a white power sign when he's taking the oath of office. Um, 
you know, now he's going out and doing these interviews on these crazy, these crazy websites, you know, basically taking the sorry, not sorry route, being a troll, blaming everyone else, you know, people, you know, um, tweeting out, you know, things about people who are reporting about him. And this morning there's a report. I mean, literally every day there's something else. This morning there's a report that he would get he was charging people on their credit cards for contribution that they hadn't made. Someone would call, you know, would make a contribution of $50 and then they show up with a $2,000 charge on their bill. It's just coming out now because a lot of these people were just complaining to credit card companies, but it's clear that this was a thing. Um, and that's not even the craziest thing, not even a craziest thing this week. He may not even, this may not even be his, his name. All right. I'm going to play you a cut here, and you tell me if you recognize this voice. My name is Anthony DeVolder. Um, I'm a New York City resident. I recently founded a group called United for Trump, so if you guys want to follow, that would be awesome. My question's directed for both Blair and um, Brandon. Well, Brandon's an idol. To all, all right, that's, that's you know. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's him. And you hear at the beginning, can you, can you just play the very top again where he says his name? My name is Anthony DeVolder. No, it's – well, maybe it is. I don't even know. And so I – we're going to talk about this with Curtis at 3 o'clock. I I found this thing. I thought it was kind of newsy, and I sent it over to Curtis, who's much more tied in with Republican circles in Queens, you know, in in all five boroughs, but particularly in Queens. And he said, no, that's the way the guy identified himself years ago. I mean, I'm sorry, pal. I I mean, this is now getting to the point where it's almost indefensible. Um. I argue that he should be sworn in, you know, but this is getting to be a bit much. And speaking in the category of a bit much, this story about banning gas stoves, uh, can we just stop? Can we just stop for a minute? I mean, it's just enough. You know, hey, you want to hear something interesting? I don't know if you knew this, Ryan. Do you know that when you smell the gas in the stove, you know, that's not the smell of the gas. I didn't know this. This is the smell of an ingredient that they add because the gas is odorless. It's called Markaptan, Markaptan or something like that. I didn't know that. Anyway, so they want to ban – no one wants to do that. Some bozo in some agency said something. I, I mean, look. Oh, I almost forgot to tell you. I bought a – apropos of this conversation, I bought a, a big cast iron pan. It's changed my life. You know, I have all these non-stick pans that I cook in. This cast iron thing is, it gets hot. It's very even in consistency. One of the things I've learned is it doesn't have to be like, I would used to use, I knew that I would use a cast iron pan to sear. I'm using it kind of for everything. It's really great. But anyway, but about this, this gas stove thing, I learned something. I learned that apparently gas is not good for you. But I, you know, I, to be honest with you, I can go one more week without learning something else is trying to kill me. But I don't know what's sillier. What's sillier is some random guy on some government board making a comment or even after hearing about it, learning that it's not really a thing, still people are obsessing about it. I just heard Steve go on like four calls about that. No one's banning your stove, my brother. Settle down. It's so bad. There's a congressman who introduced something called. I have it here. Here it is. The Stop Trying to Obsessively Vilify Energy, the Stove Act. <laughs> I can't believe this. This is the United States Congress. We don't we have, isn't there anything wrong with our country we can have these guys go and fix? 
There's got to be something they can be working on besides the stove. Oh, I got to bet some staffer somewhere did earn their keep this week coming up with that. So it's been a weird week in Washington. I don't know. I don't know what, what adjective to use for it. And what, what in God's name is going on with classified documents all over God's creation? Look, there are more than two point, it's about 2.1 million federal employees in this country. Can someone be in charge of making sure the classified documents don't wind up in golf club closets or garage storage boxes? I mean, can't someone figure out how to do this? I mean, I know the cases are different. I know people want to argue about this, that Biden had fewer and turned them over right away, and that Trump had more, and they were top secret, and he fought to keep them and still, for some reason, wants to keep them. But the timeline on this Biden thing looks weird. He found it before the election, and then they said, we're going to go look for others, and then, like, months later, they find others. I don't – to be honest with you, they, they've got something in common now. They have special prosecutors. Look at them fine. Let's see what happens. I trust these – Special prosecutors, they're whatever. They let them look at it. But back to my question, what the hell? I mean, I'll tell you my experience. When I was in Congress, and we have, we don't have a bust-out security clearance, but it's pretty high. When we would ask for a briefing on something, I'll give you a real example. When I asked for a briefing on the Jonathan Pollard case, he was a spy who spied on the United States for Israel. Not a good dude, but... The sentence he got was excessive, and I pushed for years for him to have the sentence commuted. And you can go look up the Pollard case. I was one of the few members of Congress to do that. He eventually he eventually was. Not that he was a good guy, not that he should have done what he did, but the penalty was like 25 years. No one ever got anything like that. And particularly since it was well, – anyway, I don't want to get bogged down. But, but I would constantly pester the Defense Department, the Justice Department the, it, for briefings on the case, and they would come over, and they'd be in like one of these – Leather bound, uh, no, like a canvas bag with a lock on it, and two bulky dudes with suits would stand there while I read it. When I was done, they'd take it back, they'd put it back in the thing, and they'd leave. That's a classified document that, I mean, that, okay. Why can't someone do this in the 2.1 million employees of our, of our country? Why can't someone do this with classified documents with our presidents and vice presidents? I mean, not every government agency needs to have one that the bloody energy to, well, then maybe they have nuclear codes. Right, that's a bad example. Like, there are probably agencies that don't need this, but for the people that do, go to the president, bring over the documents, stand there while he reads them, and keep a list, and then get it back when he's done. Whether it's Biden or Trump, just someone keep an eye on this stuff. But there's one, I gotta tell you, there's one other possibility here. There's one other possibility. That we classify everything. One of the classified documents that Donald Trump had was this love letter from the head of North Korea, from Kim Jong-un, to to him, how much he loves him. That weird relationship, a couple of goofballs, they deserve each other. Why is that classified? Why can't I read that? And I think it's because the more they classify stuff, the less politicians and reporters can talk about them. I'm serious. You take it. One of the things you sign in that first day. Remember, we watched all the swearing ins. One of the first things you sign is is this thing saying that 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 you understand what the penalties are for revealing classified information, because almost immediately when you get sworn as a member of Congress, you have some access. And so, you know, I became convinced I stopped going to classified briefings about big news events, wars and everything else, because the moment you go in there, they tell you a whole bunch of stuff you could have read in the newspaper. And then, so it's classified. You can't talk about it. That's how they 
They limit oversight. They limit you saying things about stuff. I think that's what's going on here. So much stuff gets classified. If there's so much reams and reams of stuff to be classified, then hire somebody to keep an eye on it. All right, I know I get I get it. You know, Trump wanted it for whatever reason. Biden maybe didn't know. We'll find out. Like I said, we'll find out. I'm not terribly concerned about justice being done here. I trust the guys who are looking into this stuff. And if someone wants to call in 800-84-WABC and argue about classified documents, who got it worse? All right, I, I'm, I'm, I'm here for that. I'm your host, Anthony Weiner. This is your show. But man, oh, man, are there so many classified documents that we literally can't keep track of them all? And if they're so dangerous and so important, say, Mr. President, you can't take this to the bathroom with you. You got to read it here on the desk. I'm sorry. You got to just wait while while Officer Jones, who's in charge of classified documents, waits for that document to get it back. I mean, how is it that showing up in garages for crying out? How is it it's winding up at a golf club in Florida? All right. Some of it. uh, okay. You know, some of it, maybe someone wanted it there. Maybe the, maybe Donald Trump wanted these documents for whatever reason, for write a book or what, who knows? Maybe it's, like I said, I don't really care. What I care is that the, that we have such a, a fragile hold on all of these things. This is not a hard problem to solve unless everything is being classified for no good reason. And if I, you know, if I'm Joe Biden, one of the things I say is I am going to cooperate with everything that this, Special prosecutor says, I'm going to find out what the heck's going on. And then I'm going to have someone else I'm going to appoint to find out why there are so many classified documents and why they keep slipping out of wherever they're supposed to be. And I'm serious. Why Why can't you? you hey, the president gets a love note from another foreign leader. Why can't we read that? I think that would be nice. I don't think there's any national security imperative unless there's some other foreign leader who's going to feel jilted. Oh, that could be. It could be. I hadn't thought of this. It could be we don't want the love letter from the head of North Korea to the president becoming public because the president's also getting love letters from other foreign leaders, and we don't want to create a love triangle and tension. Ah, that makes a lot of sense. Perhaps it's that. All right, well, here's what we're going to do. I didn't get to the numbers of the week. That's how crazy this dopey week has been. We'll do that when we get back. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. It's like the week and stupid around here. We'll see you on the other side of the middle. This is The Middle with Anthony Weiner, 77 WABC. And welcome back to The Middle. I'm Anthony Weiner. That's the suburb bringing us in with Turn the Radio On. It's so great to have you along on The Middle. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. Just got a text from Huma. She says, Jordan is listening, and he said, is he always like this? No, I'm just a little bit. It was a weird week, you got to admit. So each week we like to do some numbers of the week. Usually I get to it earlier in the program, but I got a little bit off on a tangent there. The numbers of the week are numbers from the news that, bring to context some kind of uh, an issue. Uh, the first one is 2,668. 
and that is the number of fentanyl-related deaths in New York City in 2021, 500 more than the year before, a lot of it attributed to the after effects of COVID and the disconnect and all these different things. Also, if you want to hear episode 39, a couple of weeks ago, I did a whole episode about fentanyl. And obviously last year is probably worse. Now, why is it that we're so far behind in calculating these things? Because there's a lot of toxicology reports that have to get done and things like that. But also the national government doesn't keep a real-time track of that, which is surprising. 65 percent inflation last month, the lowest since October of 2021. Still too much, but, you know, there is some sign. It's now, you know, it's now a certain amount. You know, we've had, I think, six months in a row of it going down. So it's, you know, it's it's still too high. It's still too high. And if you're buying eggs, it's still way too high. Food inflation has come down, but eggs for, or eggs keep keep sustaining it and. The next number, 87,000. Now, you heard this number referenced a lot this week. You heard it referenced on Steve Moore's show. I will let Congresswoman Nicole Maliotakis tell us the story of that number. To the gentlewoman from New York, Ms. Maliotakis. Gentlelady from New York is recognized. Mr. Speaker, at a time when we should be tightening our belts, Democrats plan to spend $80 billion on 87,000 IRS agents, doubling the size of the department, And this is meant to nickel and dime, audit and harass America's small businesses and families who they know cannot afford the legal fees to fight this army. There it is, 87,000. Nicole Malatakis explained it, 87,000 IRS officers. And just like it was back in August when this number was invented, it's mostly a lie. Now, I call it a lie, and I'll explain why in a minute. But it's the mostly part is this, that there was a report in May of 2021, about how much tax is owed to the United States that isn't collected. They estimated the number was $381 billion. That's a lot of money. That's the money that people owe, tax laws that have been passed by members of Congress, Republican, conservative, presidents, Democrat, Republican. Those are the laws that were passed. That's the money that's owed, and that's and, – um, and on page 16 of this report – and it's one of these reports that comes out from time to time. Yeah, how much money are we not collecting? Page 16 of the report had a chart that shows that $80 billion over 10 years would allow for the hiring of 86,852 full-time employees at the IRS. So that's where that number, that 87,000 number comes from. The IRS doesn't have enough people. Not enough to audit complicated returns, not enough to answer calls from citizens, not enough to fix their technology. A whole bunch of stuff was in that report. It had 95,000 employees in 2012. Today, it's down to under 80,000 employees. And with retirements and attrition and people leaving, it'll be down to 600,000 in 10 years if we do nothing. And by the way, reports like this are put out about all kinds of government agencies, same, you know, about officers at the border and things like that you know do you know are we are we going to have enough to fill the positions that we have so the money that over 10 years i just want to remind you <laughs> no one's hiring 87,000 anything over 10 years um the money basically backfills all that attrition if that if from the that's what this report said but are at least the is the agents part at least true mm, that's not true either Only 13% of all the IRS are agents. And of the new hires that they talked about in this report, 
less than 1% of the new hires would be in the criminal investigation unit, which is the fancy word that they use for aging. So when you do all that, the number for agents is not 87,000. It's 300 over 10 years. Now, these agents that everyone seems so afraid of, um, they do money laundering. They do bank secrecy, national security. They do terrorist fi- terrorist financing. They don't do t- civil tax administrative audits, guys. That's not what agents do. We don't give people badges and guns to sit at a desk to try to figure out if you paid your taxes. And 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 if you don't want to hire these guys, by the way, tough. It's already passed in Congress. So these people saying we're going to cut it are lying to you. It's already passed. And if you do that, your budget deficit goes up by $115 billion, and you violated one of the first rules that the new Congress passed, that every action that, that adds to the deficit you have to have a pay for, that they don't have one for this one. So that's why I say is it a lie. Well, it's only a lie if you know it's not true, right? So maybe they don't know it's not true. Oh, yeah? Well, the US, this is the, a partial list of organizations that have fact-checked this 87,000 number. Uh, 800-848-WABC, by the way, 800-848-9222. I'm Anthony Weiner. This is the middle. This is a partial list of organizations that have fact-checked that 87,000 number and said that it's not true. The USA Today, Reuters, factcheck.org, the New York Times, Time Magazine, that's a partial list. That's the, I stopped looking after that. If you want to do it, my listener, you can. You can go just put in, is it, is, are there 87,000, um, IRS agents being hired? There aren't. I mean, this is, I said this was the weak and stupid. I don't want to get parking tickets. That doesn't mean I don't hire, I don't think it's the role of the city government to hire parking people. I don't want to get speeding tickets. That doesn't mean I don't hire police officers. And let me just say a thing about, about the, about, you know, and then there's, oh, you're going to crack down on, on regular Americans. First of all, if you get your, your salary by a W-2 or a 1099, there's nothing to audit. Right? That's, that, all that, all the information for your taxes is reported. In fact, when I was in Congress, I proposed an easier tax form that let you just say, I think I called it tax form one that just on a postcard, put down what your earnings are, put down what your total deductions are and your taxes are done. Let the IRS figure it out. But this is really silly. And, and here's the thing that I don't, that I'm not a hundred percent sure of is do they think we're that dumb? I mean, does, I mean, I, I don't really know Nicole Malatakis. Good luck to her. And, in, in, you know, she's been in Congress a little while. Does she think we're not going to look that up? Does she think that we're just going to believe it? And just, oh, 87,000 agents. No, 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 no. It's, 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 it's employees at an agency that happens to do a job to collect money. And by the way, the job of the IRS is to make sure we pay what we owe and not a, not a penny more. To the extent that someone else is cheating on their taxes, why am I standing up for that guy? I don't want to stand up for the person who's not paying his taxes. I want to stand up for the people who are. So it's just a really bizarre, it's a bizarre thing. And here it is the first week of Congress. These are your top priorities. Now, I got to assume this polls really well. Like people love that. I'm like, oh, when voters hear this, they, oh, they get crazy. They're like, this is brilliant. I love this, this idea. But we're not dumb. I mean, I mean, 
We think what if if you if you and by you know what the biggest percentage of the the money goes for right now. If you wanna if you wanna have a miserable time and you have a question about your taxes and you call up the IRS, they don't have people who can who can answer the phones. They don't even have a phone system that lets you tell you how long you have to wait. They have none of that stuff. They want to buy some of that stuff for the people who want to just contact the agency. I don't know. It just see it just seems to me that sometimes it just seems that sometimes the the I think sometimes there's the presumption that we're not so smart voters. That you, we're not going to go look this number up. By the way, all those facts I read you, you know what told, how long it took me? It took me about 10 minutes. It took me about 10 minutes to, like, look all that up. It's nothing. And yet over and over, I could have played. I, I didn't want to drive Kevin crazy. I, I found, like, a montage of, like, 20 different members of Congress talking about this. And on the way into work, I like to listen to Steve Moore. He mentioned it. Come on. We're uh, really – 87,000 agents. First of all, it's over 10 years. Second of all, it's not agents. Third of all, it's the people who work for the American people and they should be able to do their job. Fourth of all, it's just to backfill people that have left over the last 20 years. Fifth of all, it, if we don't do it, then we have to figure out a way to cut $115 billion or raise taxes $115 billion, according to the new Congress. Sixth of all, what am I up to? Sixth of all, it's already in the law. That's part of the omnibus that passed in September. So they're li- they're not even telling you the truth about that. It's already in the law. It's already passed. If they're going to do it, at least be honest about it and say, next year we're going to really fight to reclaw this money back and to cut this money. At least they can be honest about it, which is not – that's why I call it a lie. You got to know. By the way, John, John G., emailed and said it's mercaptan, M-E-R-C-A-P-T-A-N. That's the stuff that is in gas that makes it smell so that we know if there's gas in a problem. That's, I, I wonder if that was a government regulation or it's, it's the, the industry just came up with it on their own. But um, thank you for uh, for joining. Uh, 800-848-WBC, 800-848-9222. I know I've gone a little long, and I wanted to get to call sooner. The, 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 feel free to call in 800-848-WABC nothing but calls from here on out then Curtis is coming in at 3 o'clock we're going to talk about Eric Adams going to the border and I don't mean the Bronx and I don't mean Rockaway he's down there in Texas I don't know why finding new ways to make change reaching across the aisle to work with both sides this is The Middle with Anthony Weiner on WABC. Back to the middle. Fleetwood Mac bringing us back in. That song takes a little longer to get in than I thought it did. You know that I'm falling and I don't know what to say. I think 
trying to calm myself a little bit. We're going to go to the calls now, 800-84-WABC. We're talking about, well, a whole lot of different things, classified documents, Santos. I realize this doesn't have the through line that I like to have these episodes have, but I appreciate your understanding. Uh, let's start us off today with Sophie in Connecticut. Sophie, thank you so much for holding on. Yes, good morning, Mr. Winner. Um, I've been listening to your program since you came on, and I like very much your voice, but I didn't kind of uh, know your looks. So I uh, went to the Internet, and I checked you, um, and, and I saw three videos, one that you had interviewed with uh, Hannity, Sean Hannity, and... Um, and your posture was kind of very uh, aggressive, in my opinion. You didn't give the answer about your past. The second was, of course, which upset me very much, your uh, act on the, on the floor when you were um, representative uh, in the gov- government. And then the uh, third one was basically when you were in that Delhi, uh, Jewish uh, deli where you buying stuff and you feeding yourself at the same time. <laughs> so I was kind of uh, uh, taken back. But um, listening to you and you're and you're uh, constantly saying you're in the middle and you and you not you're not just in today's program, you created a nonsensical comparison of where documents were found, and that that's. What I, as a person thinking conservatively and being conservative, uh, not necessarily uh, a Republican, uh, it, it upsets me. Okay, so for instance, you said uh, the documents were uh, were uh, stored in garages or golf clubs. What kind of golf club? That was that is President Trump residence which is actually guarded but by presidential security guards. You know how I am shaking when I, uh, when I hear you saying things okay. like that. Because there are people, I would like to finish. All right, Please, go ahead, Let Sophie. me finish the second. If other people who have, like you just said, we're not that smart or whatever people, that uh, taxpayers are not smart, most of us are, but there are plenty of not being smart enough or not taking enough time to understand things. So I, that gets me to the next point. Which so, is Sophia, the hold, on, hold on. Sophia, you've given so much to chew on. Let me just try to catch up a little bit, and, and I appreciate your calling. First of all, going back and looking at videos of me and not mentioning the worst stuff, thank you. <laughs> because you can Googling me can get you in, in trouble in a hurry. I'm in a bakery. Of course I'm eating. I got a nosh. I went into a bakery, seeing a video of me in a bakery. But I, but about where they're found, I think both places are not great to find them. And by the way, the Wilmington place, wasn't that guarded? I don't even know. Wasn't that in his home? I'm sure the vice president has some kind of security. I'm not, I'm just saying that I, my whole point was they're both bad. And the final point I just want to get to, Sophie, and I really do appreciate calling. Call back again. You, you judge me on a few videos that are very, very old. Judge me on the program here today. One thing I want to say, I have never claimed to be in the middle. Oh, I don't want people calling who consider themselves the only thing in the middle of the road are yellow lines and dead possum. People bring their passions. They bring their ideology. They bring their left and their right. What I say is it's the extremes of those two sides that frequently make us unwilling to even listen to one another. And I try to find things that we can kind of agree upon. And if I find something that I think is wrong, I'm going to say it. But I am a partisan Democrat. i got to tell you, in today's Democratic Party, 
I'm probably a, mo- a relative moderate. I'm someone who is a you know pro police guys, passed the cops program. I was someone who's hawkish on Israel, someone who's supported the death penalty. You know, I, I think that was a mistake, but putting that aside, someone who doesn't believe in this this rampant legalization of marijuana, et cetera. I mean, I just think that 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 there are some times that we can find some things to agree upon. Um, next, let's go to David in New Jersey. Go ahead, David. Yeah, hi, Anthony. Uh, question, um, you know, when Trump was in the White House, there was a lot of leakers like Vindman, Colonel Vindman. And he was, job was to overhear conversations between President Trump and Zelensky. That was confidential, classified discussion. And he leaked it. Nothing happens to them. Well, hold on a second. Hold on a second. What before? Let's get the facts on that straight. He went through the normal whistleblower um, policies that we have in the federal government. He went through that normal procedure. But what's classified? When a president talks to another president, and this guy goes to a whistleblower. Oh no, no, no! The that is here. But... Releases the information. This is the same thing of classified information. Well, he's not allowed to do that when presidents talk privately. His job is just to write it down and not to leak it. Well, hold on. See, what, he did it. No, I just want to get the facts right here. But David, I'm, 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 David, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let you finish. But let me just let's get the yeah. facts right about that case because maybe I'm misremembering. My memory of how that went. Vinman went to his supervisor, got nothing out of it, went through the normal whistleblower things that all levels of government had. Even the White House has whistleblower rules. And the president is not immune to having a whistleblower complaint about them. So I don't think he did anything wrong in terms of reporting what he thought was wrong. A lot of Congress did as well. Well, let me just say, when Trump was more whistleblowers than any other president ever compared to the president now, who I call Santos, not not Brandon. He's Santos. He's Santos because he makes up stuff. Well, I appreciate David. Look, there there is there's no doubt about it. The people that Donald Trump had around him leak like a sieve. Donald Trump prides himself on being a businessman. I think the quality of the people that he hired shows that he doesn't know how to hire good people. A guy that fires people on Apprentice, he was firing, he was hiring people that were leaking like sieves all over the place. And every time they come out with a book, they say what a lousy boss he was and how crazy Trump was. I'm kind of agreeing with you there. But who do you blame that? I mean, at a certain point, you know, what happened to no drama Obama? I mean, every, how many people are going to come out with books after the fact about Donald Trump? You know, if I'm Donald Trump, I'm like, well, if you didn't like if you didn't like me, why did he why didn't you say so earlier before you were like made your money on being a member of my staff? Let's go to Bob in Trumbull, Connecticut. Bob, welcome back. Anthony, I want to tell you something about the way you describe the the IRS agents. CID is criminal investigation. The agents they want to hire would do. Most would do desk audits, which is they put a pile of return on your desk, and the agent looks at it and says, does this make sense? Not an agent, so, though, Bob. Not a, Don't call them an agent. That's not what they are. Yeah, they are. No, They're they IRS are not agents. agents. Excuse me, Anthony. CID people tried to get me to work for them for years. CID is criminal investigation. That's where it's somebody not, it's, like it's not somebody, D- yeah, 
Listen, I listen, know it is, it is. Here's here. I'm, I'm going to read you from the IRS, from the IRS guideline for the employee book. It's something called the IRS criminal investigation, IRS-CI. There's no D in it at all. And it's less than 1% of the IRS, only about 2,100 of the total number. They are the ones that are called special agents. The people that you're talking yeah. about do civil enforcement. Go ahead, Bob. Yes. Yeah, I understand that. Criminal investigation is very small amount. Those are the guys that carry the guns. Correct. Those are the guys that get referrals from somebody that calls up and say, hey, these people at this nonprofit in New York headed by the Clintons are funneling money. Very clever, out. Bob. But go ahead. But they're not – everyone else is not an agent, though. Those guys are the agents. The agents the, – the, here's, the, here's the thing. We can – let's agree on our terms, and maybe we can't. 87,000, it's over 10 years. So let's just throw out the 87,000. We're not going to all of suddenly double the size of the agency with one check. Secondly, the, they're not agents. The, the guys that answer the phones are not agents. The guys that, um, do civil enforcement, the guys that sit with the brown, with black, the eye shades and roll up their sleeves, they're not agents. They don't carry guns. They don't carry badges. They carry ID cards and they swipe in like in an, uh, a nine to five job. That's the point that we know we, we, this is a fact. So we can call them agents if we want to scare people, but they're not. And those, and, and those so-called agents, the ones that do have guns and badges, they don't go knock on Mrs. Crapalucci's door and say, I understand that you misfiled your 1099. Those are the people that go after the big, the big cases. That's the only point is just to don't call them agents. That's all. I mean, I don't know. That's all. Uh, John in Rockville Center. Go ahead, John. It's Tom in Rockville Center. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Tom. So one of your points was that they need a lot of this money in order to replace thousands and tens of tens of thousands of employees that have resigned or retired from the system. If they resigned or left the system, those money should be then re-available to pay for them. Why do we need all this incremental money? So I would assume it means to hire incremental people, not just replace those that were lost. The monies from those that were lost should still be in the budget. Yeah, here's the problem. No, no, it doesn't work like that. It doesn't work that because we've had years and years of baloney around IRS agents, and so there's been an inability to get the line items to pay for them. So we have been gradually choking this agency, choking this agency down. Because let's face it, can you think of a member of Congress who's going to make it their mission in in Washington to go make sure that the IRS is properly funded, unless you have a big IRS station in your district and so it's gradually died it's gradually died on the vine and by the way we had a conversation about fentanyl two weeks ago same with border officers that's why in the supplemental in the omnibus rather not only did we throw some money at um at irs officers and and uh and the 300 officers and also the other employees but we also did it for border agents they got a 16 percent increase there the, the, they they need more money in order to 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 bulk up and and the other thing is a lot of these jobs are jobs that take a lot of training to catch up like you but i mean i i think that if you might be able to make a deal let's go back to the funding we had in say 2011 that's basically what we're doing right now we're basically so go ahead john so you're, so you're saying the the irs budget has been going down every year as they've not replaced not keeping up I mean, not not keeping up with with the growth in the in in the tax base and the growth of population, the growth of number of filings, and the growth of the problem. That's right. They're not keeping up. 
I mean, the, the, the thing is, is, is that is it every every government agency, and I know this is what makes complicated when you talk about making a cut. Every government agency has to grow to some degree as either if they're an agency that deals with people as population goes. If they're an agency, a government agency that deals with threats like the department, the military department, that's the military. As it deals with the cost of retiring people, that's Social Security. As it deals with the cost of sick people, that's Medicare. These these things, in order to keep the same services, have to increase. And by the way, that's a good thing. You don't want a, a, a country that is going into decline because we, you know, we're dying off or whatnot. So in the case of the IRS, years and years and years of basically letting it just atrophy, we've got this growing problem. What was the number I found? $381 billion in in taxes that are not be getting paid. And this is to try to address that problem. Tony, welcome back. Hi, Anthony. Hi, Tony. It's been, such an, it's been an intense week, and it sounds like you're having <laughs> working hard for your money there. So I, when I heard your, your – your, I don't know if you bought a cast iron frying pan, which really is on my list of things I want to get because when I was younger, they were very popular uh, with the older generation. And I read a funny story, so I asked your telephone producer person if I could share it with you they're actually the old timers actually use them as weapons as well so I just got a kind of a chuckle out of that because they make delicious eggs steaks burgers but you can also you know in case of any kind of intruder uh, there was a story that was put on uh, one of the websites about back in Berlin in the 90s a young man forced his way into a flat with two elderly ladies, and he got beat up terribly by the cast iron frying pans, actually, too. So by the time the police came, he was just begging to be taken to the station. That's so, funny. Well, they are very – they are – it's funny, Tony, you say that because there is that kind of cartoon version of the heavyset grandmotherly type person with an apron chasing someone down the street with their with their pan in their head. Look, cast iron pans, are they're very heavy. Um. But, you know, here's what I find about it. First of all, if you want to sear something, if you want to sear a piece of meat, and I don't eat steak a heck of a lot, but I make burgers for myself and made one for Jordan, and, and, you know, like, and you need it to be hot and even, it is, it's great for that. And now the other thing is, all right, it's a little harder to clean because you got to clean it by hand. And when you're done cleaning it, you clean it with soap and water. When you're done cleaning it, you have to, What's the word for it? Um, not prime it. You've got to season it. I think. What's it called? You got to season it. Well, you basically take a little bit of oil, and then you take a piece of saran wrap and make the oil on there so it doesn't rust. But it also has the effect of having it ready to go the next time you cook with it. So it's it's really to me. I know my brother Jason's probably listening to this, rolling his eyes like, "Oh, Anthony discovered the cast iron pan that was invented in 1910." But it it really does. It really has has changed a lot because I'm because uh, the one thing I didn't quite understand about it is I don't have to let it get super hot. I can have it less hot as well. So we're talking about pans. We're talking about stoves. We're talking about classified documents. We're talking about IRS agents. I don't know what to call this episode, but I really do appreciate you being here. I'm very grateful, and we'll see you on the other side as we wrap up. It's the middle with Anthony Weiner, 77 WABC.
And welcome back to The Middle. I'm Anthony Weiner. Thank you so much for being here. Going to the top of the hour, then left versus right with the great Curtis Sliwa. We'll be talking about a bunch of things. Santos. We're also going to talk about Eric Adams. Our mayor is at the border. Again, we can't get the president to go to the border. We can't get Adams to stay home. The heck? I'm going to defend the man, though. He's my lanceman, me and Sid. Anyway, we're taking some calls about the various items in the news. This is kind of this week in stupid, I'm calling this. 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. First, we'll go to Michael in Rockland County. Michael, thanks for joining us. Um, Congressman Weiner. Michael. I have a, I have a, a problem with the IRS situation because it's a known fact that uh, a large, very large number don't even go to the office to go to work. And that that is one of the problems with the phone situation, and I won't call them agents, uh, but they do work for the IRS. They don't go to work. Uh, they they do whatever they do do at home. Did you show your uh, work, Michael? Is that is that something that you can tell us where you where you saw that? I I, I didn't read that in any of my research for the show. Is that is that a fact? Uh, I, that's from what I'm told a, a major fact. Okay. And uh, that's one of the issues. What What do you mean? And that's now, one of the uh, issues. Oh, you want them to come into the office? I'm with you. Yeah, they, they should course. come into the office. Okay. I mean, you know, they, they they can't answer the phone from their house. Oh yeah, they can. Uh, well, yeah, but they don't. Because there's nobody watching them. Okay. And they're, they're not so being, you want the uh, IRS? Su- you want the IRS supervised better? I agree with Michael. I think the IRS should be supervised as as well as possible. Bob, uh, Rob in Suffolk County. Rob, welcome aboard. Hi, Anthony. First time caller. Thank you for joining us. Yes. Uh, thank you. I have a friend who is the IRS middle manager. And he said it takes five years to train these people to be fielded in the offices and go out in the field, et cetera, to administer the tax laws. They don't even have to be CPAs. So my question is, in the five years these people are being trained, they're not going to be collecting money. So if this is appropriated through Congress, there's five years worth of money the government is going to be collecting. What's that going to go to? Wait a minute. Well, I don't. I'm not connecting your two facts. You mean you think while they're trainees and while they're they're getting experience on the job, they don't do anything? No, it's not that they don't do anything. They're being trained and can't be deployed in the field and in the office. No, 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 no. That no, no, no. You're, you're misunderstanding. There's there's a lot of training that goes on in all level. Well, never mind all levels of government. In every job, you have people that start out being trainees or whatever it is. It, it, that doesn't mean that they're not. If they're if they're if they're probationary police officers, they're still enforcing the law. If you are a an apprentice plumber, you're still working on plumbing jobs and getting and getting paid. I. I I don't know the you know, you're bringing. I appreciate it, Rob, and can call us again. I you know these elements of like what it means to be an RSA. Are they working at home and are they being trained? Let's just remember. Let's just reset the table here. People are going around saying that there's a proposal to to hire eighty seven thousand IRS agents. They're not. They're not that number. They're not agents. 
and it's to collect revenue on things that people – why are people like so eager to kind of hold on to kind of fictions about this? It's perfectly fine if we want to devote a show to what the different agencies of government, how long their training period is or whether they answer their phones at home or at work – Let's just get back to the premise here. And the premise here is that folks are lying to you, my friends. If, 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 if a congressperson stands on the floor of Congress and says something that she knows is not the truth just to get you riled up, that's not good for America. And this is from someone who resigned from Congress for, for lying about stupid things he did. I'm just saying we shouldn't do it. Let's go to Tommy in Brooklyn. Go ahead, Tommy. Hi, good afternoon, Mr. Weiner. Good afternoon. Uh, first thing, did you season? Did you season your cast iron pan yes. in the oven first? Not oh, in yeah. the oven. Oh, you had no. What? what right. I did cook. Did, no, to tell me. No, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I, um, I, I was taught that uh, the first time you do it, you put olive oil in it and kosher salt, and you put it in the oven, and just a thin lay, you wipe it down, you and you cook, bake it for 45 minutes to an hour at 350 and 400. My my mother-in-law told me that. She has doubts. Interesting. What it says, what, what it said on, and it's like Loge or Lodge is the big brand here. What it Lodge, said yeah. is the first few times you cook it, it has the effect of doing that. Like you, she says, I think it said in there, you know, cooking it with some fatty food is a good way to kind of put that, uh, that glaze. But no, I, I didn't bake it. That's actually a good tip. Uh, yeah, I mean, but no, I like that. That other way is good. The, uh, the other thing is, uh, they told me my mother-in-law told me never use soap on it. Always wipe it out with hot water and then put a little more oil in it afterwards because nothing ever sticks to it, you know. But if it sticks to it, then you got a problem and you might uh-huh. use some soap. But she told me never to use soap. You might want to look into that. I don't know about that. Um, I called you a few weeks ago for the first time and I held your feet to the fire, and I didn't get a chance to let you know that uh, I feel good that you're you're doing well and uh, keep it up. Thank you, Pat. I, I appreciate you. it. Um, the documents, uh, uh, the whole thing with the documents, it seems I, – I go through dialectic training, um, DBT, because I have some issues. And I'm trying to learn how to think more dialectically and find different ways, like the middle. Mm-hmm. You know, um, put, your, put your feet in somebody else's shoes, you know. Uh, look at their point of view. Listen. Listen twice as much as you talk. You have two ears and only one mouth. That's great. So listen twice as much as you talk. So all of these things have been great. I'm, I'm, I was out of therapy. My my, my uh, counselor retired, and now I'm trying to get back into the VA now, uh, probably this week. So um, I just feel that everybody's the emotions are getting to everybody, not just in with these documents. It seems like with a lot of things. I mean, we we, we let our emotions take care, you know, take hold of us, and it's been very difficult. I've had the same problem. Well, that's and, a very good point, and Tommy. I appreciate you calling. We're bumping up against a break. That's why. Uh, uh, but I do really do appreciate you calling, and I'm glad you're coming along so well. You're exactly right. It's funny, um, you know, I have these conversations sometime with Chad Lopez, who's the president here, and, and, and with John and Margaret Katsimatidis, you know, that I, you know, someone called in earlier and referred to me shouting and yelling on the floor of Congress and being in a bakery. Like, that's what the videos that come up. And so today, when I got a little hot under the collar, it didn't feel as natural as, as it once did. I think you're right. I think we do need a little less emotion around these things. And if I came if I came at you a little hot today, I apologize. So we want to cool things off with the level-headed Curtis Lewa coming up next. Great to have you along on the middle. We'll see you on the other side with Left versus Right.